We head back to Canada on the 22nd, God willing, when hopefully the temperatures will be a little bit higher. It has been uh, pretty severe in Canada this year, weather-wise, and likewise in good old Ireland, where I was born and raised. Uh, they had tremendous snowstorms over there, and deep snow, and many of the sheep and lambs, they died. Very, very cold. One of the coldest seasons. And it's, usually it's not cold. The temperature over there is usually about 40 degrees, thanks to the warm Atlantic current. And then my daughter lives in North Wales. Very, very bitterly cold over there. And of course, they live on a sheep farm, and uh, a lot of the sheep died there. A lot of the lambs died. Lambing season just came. So, lovely to be in Florida where there's sunshine and heat. This morning I want to talk about something very, very simple indeed as we proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the gospel message. If I were to ask you a question, uh, like, who am I? Well, I mean, there are many, many answers to that. <clears throat> uh, you might say, well, you're Harry Graham, and that would be right, but... Uh, not altogether accurate, because uh, I happened just last night, I said, hey, what? I'll go into Google and I'll print Harry Graham. And hundreds of Harry Grahams come up. Amazing. Scattered all over the place. So whilst that would certainly indicate my identity, <clears throat> other things might indicate my identity. You know, for example, I was born on March the 5th, 1933. I turned 80, by the way, three weeks ago. Can you believe that? 80 years of age. Now, of course, other Harry Grahams probably were born on that day as well. So we could go on and on about this business of identity, but I'd like to know what the Bible has to say about my identity <clears throat> and how this applies to you. The personal pronoun I, you can change that, of course, to the, to the pronoun you. I could tell you the story of my birth, I could tell you the story of my rebirth, my salvation, and my life story, <clears throat> all to indicate who I am, to indicate my personal identity. I've lived a long life, and I'm very thankful for that. <clears throat> I was saved early in life, as I've told you before, 12 years of age, and I'm now 60, I'm 68 years married, 68 years born again, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So one becomes absorbed in this whole story of God's love and God's grace and one's like, why me, for example? You ever ask yourself that question, why me? Who am I? Who am I, Lord, that you should set your grace upon me? Well, that's what God does. That's the very nature of our God. He, we don't deserve, as we remembered the Lord this morning, those of you who are Christians, as we remember the Lord, we don't deserve the richness of the blessings that we have, it's, it's absolutely magnificent. I can't understand why the majority of people all around us scoff at what you and I possess in our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. So this one thing I do know, of course, as we go to the Bible, we find out. We find in the Bible that I'm a soul and you're a soul created in the image and likeness of God. I'm not going to ask you to turn to your Bible this morning because of a lot of verses here. 
and I've written them out in order to just expedite the message in the short time that we have. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I mean, this is a magnificent verse. And that's who I am. I am a soul created in the image of God. God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm a triune person, body, soul, and spirit. I mean, there's one of the indications of God-likeness. I'm a trinity. I'm God's representative. He has chosen me before the foundation of the world. Amazing to represent him. Imagine a Christian, you and I, sinners, bound for hell and the lake of fire. God and grace has saved us, and he wants us to represent him upon this planet. Like, what an honor that is. God has, of course, intellect and a moral nature, and he has power to communicate. He has, he has emotions. There's no question about that. God loves me. That's an emotion. He loves you. God so loved the world. John chapter 3. And we have these emotions. Now there's no thought of physical likeness here <clears throat> with regards to God. <clears throat> but unlike the animals in the world, man is a worshiper. I'm a worshiper of God. So are you. Man is a communicator. Man is also a creator. Look at what man has created. Not from nothing, of course, but from things that God has allowed him to transform, to create. God created male and female. And this, of course, evolution cannot explain. You always hear about the evolution of man, but you never hear about the evolution of woman. The evolutionists can't explain that. <clears throat> I'm a soul created in the image and likeness of God. So are you. How absolutely amazing that is. And if there's someone here and you're not saved, you're not a believer in Christ, if you really take this in, what I'm telling you right now, not from my own head, but from the Word of God, you are created in the image of God. In the image of God, He created you. Genesis chapter 1, way back in the first book of the Bible. I'm not only a soul created in the image of God, I'm a sinner converted by the grace of God. I think that, 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 that blows my mind away. I was a sinner destined for a lost eternity. You and I are wired for eternity. That's how God made us. And you think death's the end of it? No, you've got it all wrong. God has wired every single human being for eternity. When you die, you enter into eternity. Never ends. You either enter into heaven or you enter into hell. That's what the Word of God says. That's what God has told us. I believe that. I'm a soul created in the image of God. I'm a sinner converted by the grace of God. Listen to these words from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Now listen to this. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will enter the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, says Paul to these Corinthians, these Greeks. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. How do you like that from 1 Corinthians? Unrighteous people. Unri we were not righteous. We were sinners. An unrighteous, peacher, unrighteous people will not inherit the kingdom of God. That, that's a fact. People who practice sin day by day and who laugh and scoff at the Bible and God and so on, who are not Christians. No, there's a long list of sins here. I emphasized each one. Horrible sins. Well, this once characterized the people in the city of Corinth in the land of Greece. And along came this little man called Paul, and he preached the gospel, and those who were destined for hell got saved. They were made righteous because of the grace of God, and they put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is amazing. This is truly amazing. Washed. They're washed. So are we who believe. We're sanctified. Sanctified means we're set apart from the rest of the world to be holy people and reflect the image of God. Sanctified. Are absolutely magnificent. Set apart. <clears throat> Washed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, I enjoyed the meeting this morning when we gathered to remember the Lord. And on the table right in front here, we had the bread and wine, simple emblems. And we remembered the body of Christ that was sacrificed at Calvary. And we remember the blood that represents his life, that poured from his body, the, the life that he gave that you and I <coughs> might be saved. I mean, this is remarkable. He took my sins and he gave me in return his righteousness. Imagine. You're looking at a you're looking at a human being this morning. There's not much in me, but God has placed his righteousness in me. And he has cleansed me from all of my sin. What a savior. Did I hear an amen there? What about a little bit of Pentecostalism here, brethren? You know, a little bit of a heart exercise and feeling good about our blessed savior. Now, don't get carried away, of course. Don't get carried away. And then justified. Some has explained that, well, that's just as if we had never sinned. And there's a certain degree of truth to that. I'm justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. I'm reckoned by God as if I'd never sinned. Because he took my sins and he took the penalty of my sins. And therefore, I'm saved. I'm a soul created in the image of God. I'm a sinner converted by the grace of God. Are you? I wonder. I'm also a student captivated by the study of God. Listen to Psalm 119. <clears throat> oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. 
That's what the psalmist said. He loved the Bible that he had. And we, of course, have got the complete Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But David, when he wrote this psalm, all he had was a few books of the law. He didn't do very much, but he delighted in those things that he had all his days. He wasn't perfect. None of us is perfect. But he was a student captivated by the study of God. Are you a student captivated by the study of... Do you read your Bible? You call yourself a Christian? And you can go through the whole week and not read your Bible? How is that possible? I ask you, my dear brother and sister, and I love you, even though I may seem harsh, I ask you to examine your heart. I ask you, how's it going with your Bible study and your Bible reading? We spend hours and hours watching television listening to news and all kinds of things. How many hours in a day do you spend studying the Word of God and being immersed in the Word of God? Those who love God will love His Word. There's a test for you. Put yourself to the test. Do you love God? Oh, yes, I love God. Do you love His Word? Well, if you don't love His Word and read His Word and study His Word... Then don't tell me you love God. You're only kidding yourself. The devil is deceiving you. You see, our love is demonstrated when we muse upon the Bible. Muse means to think. When we just get our Bible. Now, I love to get books as well, but I, I mean, I just love to get my Bible. And my wife more so than I. I'm more into books than my wife is. My wife can sit and read the Bible and read for such a long period of time. You can almost see a halo appearing over her head, you know. I mean, she's amazing that way. Well, that's what it's all about, meditation. Not just reading a passage hurriedly and dashing off to work, but pausing. What does this mean? What does this mean to me? A student. Are you a student captivated by the Word of God, by the study of God. And then I'm also a servant committed to the commandments of God. You know, a servant or a slave is one who obeys the commands of his master or her master. Uh, would you consider yourself to be such? Would you consider yourself to be a servant committed to the commandments or the mandates of God? What God has to say about how you should live in your world? John 14. You see, the real proof of loving Jesus is obedience. Obedience. And a servant who is committed to the study or the or the the, the wonderful commandments of God, that person will be an obedient person. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Now you say, well, I trust him. I trust Jesus. Good for you. But the little hymn, the little chorus says, trust and obey. So I'm challenging now my fellow believers. You say you trust, wonderful. Do you obey what the Word of God says when you read it? Do I? That's the key. That's the key. 
He makes himself known in the Bible in a very, very special way. And the more we love the Savior, the more we know him. The more we know, the more I love my wife, the more I know her. The more I get to know you people, the more I love you. That's just the way life is. That's a, that's a natural statement. I'm also a speaker communicating the Word of God. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. But do you do it? Maybe not in public. But are you a student of the Word communicating the Word of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me, says uh, Paul, if I preach not the gospel. A speaker communicating the gospel. I should have read John 14 for the previous one, the servant. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him. And I will disclose myself to him. That's what happens when you're in love with someone. You, you, you are content to disclose what's on your mind, what's bothering you, what's thrilling you. <clears throat> I've often gone to my wife and I said, dear, I want, to, I want to share this thought I've had with you from the Word of God. And we rejoice together. A servant committed to the mandate. But a speaker, do you speak to people? Hmm. This is difficult. And I, I mean, it's very, very hard to speak to people today because they don't want the gospel. Paul says, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. I'm under a compulsion for woe is me if I don't preach it. How do you feel about that? He's determined. You see, he's determined. Paul had a deep compulsion to preach the gospel. He loved the gospel. It was laid upon him to preach. He obeyed the divine commission. And the divine commission, the Lord said, before he was ascended to heaven, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. And I enjoyed those pictures of the young ladies who went off to, was it Burundi? Oh, man, wonderful. Are you here? Are they here? Where are they? Put your hand up, please. Those two ladies. Wonderful. That was beautiful. That really touched me. It really touched me. Now I'll go home and tell my wife about this. And she'll tell somebody else. And those children singing the praises of God. How absolutely wonderful that was. My soul rejoiced in this. What were you doing? You were communicating the word of God. That's beautiful. So what are we doing to spread the gospel? What are we doing about our neighbors in our streets? What are we doing about those we meet in the bus? Well, he says, I'm no good at that. Well, then ask the Lord to strengthen you. Give out a little tract. You don't have to preach to them. You go into a restaurant, and they bring that horrible check to you. You know, and you know, you're, you have to pay up. Well, okay, pay up. But give them the little tract. Give them a little try. My wife excels in that thing. Just, she doesn't preach. She doesn't preach. She gives out tracks by the hundred. Get a gas, you go to the gas station to get filled up. Okay, your credit card goes in or your debit card goes in. Go into the office, go into the office and say thank you. Even though you've paid for the gas, thank you. Here's a little tract. And if you ever go into those places, they're all half asleep, so this will all... This will all waken them up as they, as they get these lovely gospel tracks. And then, hold, hold your breath, I don't laugh. I'm a singer. 
consumed with the praise of God. I'm not much of a singer, but I love to sing. I love to hear the children singing the choruses. I love to hear the saints singing as you did this morning. I just love it. I love to hear the saints singing. And brothers and sisters, when we get to heaven, we're going to be praising him with beautiful voices, perfect voices, perfect timing, praising our wonderful Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Oh, not even an amen there. Not even an amen. Okay, I'll just jog a few memories. Or I've got an awful memory. I've got a soul. I'm a soul created in the image of God, right? I'm a sinner converted by the grace of God. I'm a student captivated by the study of God. I'm a servant committed to the commandments of God. I'm a speaker communicating the word of God. I'm a singer consumed with the praise of God. I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises to thee among the nations, for thy loving kindness is great to the heavens and thy truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Psalm 57. Beautiful, beautiful words. I'm a saint. Saint Harry. Imagine. Saint Harry. Imagine God saving me as a sinner on my way to hell, and then he makes me a saint on the way to heaven. This is my God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to give our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king, a saint conforming to the Son of God. Romans chapter 8. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that we would be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul traces this majestic sweep of the divine program in Romans chapter 8. To bring many sons to glory. That's what it's all about. God foreknew us. He knew us before we were born. And what was his purpose for us? To ensure that we would, at one point in time, repent of our sins and put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be transformed into the image of Christ, as I said earlier. And to be morally like Christ. Be like Jesus, this my song. In the home and in the throng. To be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. That's what God wants of you and of me. Conforming, a saint conforming to the Son of God. Beautiful. And then I've got to be a signpost. Conveying the work of God. Got to be a signpost. We've got Sebus. We have signs all over the place. This would be mass confusion if we did not have signs on our highways and on our streets. And everybody with their GPS. Have you got a GPS? Well, that's okay. GPS for me is God's plan of salvation. That's what I have. When people boast about me, boast to me about their GPS, I said, that's wonderful. You've got God's plan of salvation. And they look stunned. And before, before they faint, of course, you just tell them the wonderful little story of the gospel. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
So he's a saint conformed to the Son of God. The signpost conveying the work of God. That's what it's all about. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1 and 6. God will finish his work in us. Of that there can be no doubt. Good work. Good works. That's what God wants us to do. The day of Christ, of course, here refers to his coming. And may include, of course, the judgment seat of Christ in that particular verse that I've read. But I'm also a soldier commissioned to the service of God. A soldier commissioned to the service of God. 2 Timothy 2. Suffer hardship with me, says Paul, to Timothy, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. How do you like that? You're a soldier commissioned to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul describes in this particular verse here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, all of these beautiful similes. You're a son, you're a soldier, you're an athlete, you're a farmer, you're a worker, you're a vessel, you're a servant. And as a good soldier, you must endure suffering and hardship. Being a Christian is not a picnic. If you're not saved, I'll warn you of that. But you'll never regret putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Never. But there's trouble ahead for you. Big trouble. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you will endure suffering, as these verses have said. Hardship. You will be in active duty all the time. No entanglements with the affairs of this world. Christ, you serve Christ and you serve Christ alone. He takes prominence. You've got a job, you've got a boss. Well, I know you serve them. But bear in mind those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to become a believer, then you must give primary service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Things of this life are secondary to Christ. You have to maintain a light to the world that's living in darkness. And you have to give this priority in your life. And you're a sojourner, finally. Constant in his walk with God. Psalm 17 and 5. My steps have held fast to thy paths. My feet have not slipped. You're a sojourner. You're walking. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. That's what Psalm 17 says. Stay close to God's word. Walk in the paths of obedience. No slipping. Steady up. No resorting to violence. No conformity to the world as you walk before God. And also confident in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favorite passages is 1 Thessalonians 4. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm confident in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of all that this includes, brothers and sisters. 1 Thessalonians 4 the wonderful signs of his coming. Earth and sea will yield up the dead. 
You will be free from all pain and sickness and death. We will have a space flight to heaven. How do you like that? All of this in the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians 15. Men don't understand creation. So what about the rapture? I mean, imagine suddenly disappearing. Millions of people on the planet disappearing. And then the devil will send strong delusion to those who are left behind for the judgment of God. What about traveling through space in a split second to heaven? Amazing. The astronauts have to take some atmosphere with them when they go into the sky. But we won't need that. In an instant, we will be with Christ in heaven. How absolutely remarkable this is. And in closing, I borrow the words of a Rwandan soldier, a Rwandan preacher, I should say. He penned these words before he was killed in Rwanda, where they slaughtered Christians. He refused to give up his faith. I wonder what you would do under these circumstances. And this is what he wrote. I am part of the fellowship of the redeemed and the restored, the unashamed and the unshackled. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line and here I stand. The decision has been made and I will not, I cannot turn back. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. My eyes are open. I won't look back. Let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense and my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, cheap and mundane talking, chinsy giving, dwarfed goals. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few, my mission clear, and my guide ever by my side. This is beautiful. I will neither fear nor falter, cower nor compromise. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I have preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I must go on until he returns and give until I drop. Preach until all know and work until he comes. And when he does come, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. Are you showing your colors, brothers and sisters? Here in Hollywood, Hollywood, are you showing your colors? Am I? This is a crazy world we live in. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Work among the children. Work among the young people. Get out there and do those sports that you do on Monday night. And pray that God will save their souls. And if only one is saved in your lifetime, it will be worth it. You're worth it. Let this become the object of all of our lives. I'll go over these I am's in closing. I am a created in the image of God. I'm a sinner converted by the grace of God. I'm a student captivated by the study of God. I'm a servant committed to the mandates, commandments of God. I'm a speaker communicating the word of God. I'm a singer consumed with the praise of God. A saint conforming to the Son of God. A signpost conveying the work of God, a soldier commissioned in the service of God, a sojourner constant in his walk with God, a son of God confident 
in the soon return of Christ. Are you? Are you all of these things? Are you? If you're not saved, if you're not a believer in Christ, why is it that you do not respond to this message? Tell me after the meeting, why is it? When God offers you so much free, why do you not accept it? Why do you not respond to this? Don't shut the door in his face, please. He loves you. In fact, he's ringing the doorbell right now in your heart. Why don't you answer the door? I am the door by me. If any man enters in, he shall be saved. Why don't you answer the ringing? Don't now try to distort the evidence that I've placed before you. This is the word of God. You cannot reject the word of God and go to heaven. It's impossible. How can you do this? You look at the sunset. The sunsets here are beautiful. Oh, I love the sunsets in Florida. I go up to the top floor of the building to see the sunset. It's beautiful. You love the sunset, but you don't love the Son of God. Why is that? And those of us who are Christians, maybe we're cold in heart. Maybe we're cold in heart. Maybe the world has gotten into us and we're following the things of the world. I ask you, how can you do that? How can you turn your back on Christ and then go out into the world and then come back here on Sunday morning? Do you not love the meetings during the week? If you can get to them, do you not love the saints gathering together? Oh man, it's a wonderful life. I challenge all of us, saint and sinner alike, to come to Christ, to live for him, to enjoy all the wonderful blessings that he has bestowed upon us. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. I commend him to you this morning. Put your trust in him. And believer, my fellow believers, you and I, let us examine our hearts in the presence of God before his word. Let us change our ways. And let you celebrated resurrection last Sunday. Every, every day is resurrection day. Every day Christ is risen. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. We sing that. God bless you. Let us pray. Let us pray. O oh God, our Father, we bow before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you for your mercy and for your love and for your grace. When we think of what we deserved, We deserved, Father, to be banished from your presence forever, but in mercy you sent your Son to be our Savior. What a wonderful life we enjoy through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what wonders of wonders lie before us when soon we shall meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in heaven's delights and heaven's glory worshiping and adoring and serving him throughout all eternity. 
we bless your name and we thank you for the wonderful salvation that you have provided for us. Do bless these dear people who have listened so well and the children in the Sunday school. May this be a day of rejoicing when someone has put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, Father, who are saved, may we examine ourselves in the light of your word to be up and doing for the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.